0: Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, who is back from his vacation, and Steve Peters is somewhere in the air, so we've brought in the other Peters, Chris (laughs) Peters, to make his return to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Welcome to the show, NHL Draft and Prospects Analyst Chris Peters. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Leah, thanks for for having me on, Craig. Good to be with you guys as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's that time of year, so I guess this is where I start making the rounds and talking about the draft, and we'll see if I contradict myself in all these <laughs> interviews I've been doing lately. But uh, I'll try, I'll try and give you guys the best one.
2: <laughs> all right, let's clear up some important business first of all. Um, which offshore account should we send the wire transfer? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do have, I, I do. I, I do think
1: uh, the Cayman Islands is where where I'd like to, uh, <laughs> it's hard to have keep that sent to. Yeah, I know. You know, if I did have offshore accounts, um, I don't think I'd be chasing prospects in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. <laughs> I just don't think that's something that I would do. Although it is what I love to do. So maybe I still, maybe, you know what, It'd be a lot easier if I had offshore accounts. And I could go to Moose Jaw on a whim if I wanted to. <laughs> so we got to work that out. I got to, I got to, I'm not a good money guy. I'm not good at math either. So,
2: oh, like, me either. Just, good uh, company. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The way it goes. <laughs> All right. So, if I remember correctly, you were not in Buffalo for the combine, but you probably talked to a million people nonetheless. You were the one that gave me the actual measurement on Logan Cooley, who is at apparently up to five feet 10 and a half inches now, not quite 5'11 as he thought. Um, but did you have any major takeaways from the combine?
1: Um, you, not a not a ton that I didn't already anticipate. Like you know, Cutter Goche was a was a rock star at that event. I, I've thought long for 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 months that he's one of the best, if not the best, athlete, pure athlete in this draft. Um, So you know, it, it it's never surprising to see the national team development program guys do very well at that event. So he did well. Cooley did well. Frank Nazar did exceptionally well. So all all guys from that US program. Uh Joachim Kamel actually was another uh combine darling. Not a big guy, but also but just really a solid player overall. Um and and I liked, I really liked what he was able to accomplish. Interestingly enough, speaking of measurements, we talked about Logan Cooley okay, so he was just shy of 5'11 and it's amazing how much that 5'10 versus 5'11 matters cuz 5'11 is like, well, he's almost 6 feet tall. Um, you know, so that that makes it kind of interesting. But Kamel, who we've thought was 5'11 all along, measured at the combine at about 5'9 and a half, which I've seen him in person, I've never thought him to be one of the smaller, you know, players but that 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 was what he measured at at the at the combine so um that was another thing where it's like oh okay all right interesting um but you know as, as far as everything else I think you know we heard very positive reviews on a number of players from their interviews Gauthier again not just a a physical presence and an athletic presence but interviewed exceptionally well you know most teams see him as a center as opposed to a wing which significantly alters his draft uh, you know, status. Um, he played a lot of center this year. He's a natural center, um, so that's th- given a lot of teams a lot of excitement about him. Um, you know, and and other players have just interviewed well. I haven't heard anybody tanking an interview. I'm sure that there are a few out there where they they interviewed poorly, but um, if it has, it hasn't gotten across my desk yet. So. Uh, yeah, but but, you know, it, it's it's a valuable event. And and I think the interviews are probably far more important than the physical testing. Um, and then really, I think one of the most underrated to the outside world um, portions of the combine is the medical testing and the physiological testing the players go through uh, behind closed doors. Um, we don't get that information, but the teams do. Uh, the players have that information released and that can have a significant impact on players, um, you know, whether it's like, okay, well, we think he's going to be able to take on tack on this much strength. We think his frame can support this much. Um, You know, there have been heart conditions that have been found at the combine as well. Like, so it's a hugely important um, piece of the combine puzzle that wasn't there uh, for the last two years. So a very important piece. And I think a lot of teams were very excited to be back in Buffalo and able to contribute or uh, participate rather in that combine.
2: With that in mind, Um, did anybody significantly impact their stock in Buffalo positively or negatively? Is it even possible for a player to impact their stock that much at the combine?
1: Uh, It's certainly possible. Um, Certainly possible for, you know, for, especially in the interview phase Um, I've certainly heard of players that just absolutely failed in their, their, in their, you know, their interview process. And it just, you know, that, they left teams concerned about them. Um, you know, I would say the top. This was, you know, this is interesting um, for me. Maybe not. It's really in the weeds, but um, Topias Leinonen, the top Finnish goaltender, uh, the top European goaltender, is ranked by Central Scouting. Weighed in at two hundred and thirty-three pounds, um, which is a large uh, as a goaltender. That can be an issue. Um, you want big goalies, right? You don't want to be too big. The thing about it is, is I've watched him live, and I don't see anything w- where like a, a heavier weight holds him back. But that is definitely it's something that stood out to me as I'm looking. Like who, you know, you look who who are the tallest, who are the shortest, who are the lightest, who are the heaviest, and you know he was by far the the heaviest of the players. Um, and like I said, he he doesn't look it in the net. He doesn't look like it holds him back. Um, but in a year where goalies are already kind of scarce, um, one of the top guys coming in and saying, Oh, you know, I, I don't know, can he play? He's going to have to lose some weight. He's going to have to, you know, work on a couple other things. You know, that's something that teams may not want to have to deal with, Mm. um, so, yeah, so I found that interesting as well. I don't think it does. it. Did it impact his draft stock significantly? Probably not. He's still probably a second, third, maybe fourth round draft prospect anyway. Um, so it's not exactly like, you know, we're talking about a guy that falls out of the first round or anything
2: like that. Right. And with goaltenders, he's got like six or seven years to take care of it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. For sure. So.
0: So, Chris, we want to ask you because for months there was kind of the consensus number one, but it seems like lately there's been some rumblings. Maybe Shane Wright isn't going to be the number one overall pick. So do you think personally that Shane Wright is still going number one? And the second part to that question is, could Uri Slavkovsky jump to number one?
1: Um, I I believe that he'll go number one. He would not be my pick at number one. That's the way that I would say it. Um, I believe that. There is enough of a consensus out there that suggests, you know, this guy is good enough to be a good two-way center at the NHL level. He's a guy that can can impact your team in a positive manner. Um, You know, just because we say, oh, just because somebody like me says, Shane Wright's not the number one prospect, doesn't, you know, doesn't really change what the the Montreal Canadiens are going to do. If nothing else, it just gets Canadiens fans really mad at me because they would love nothing more than to have a no-doubt first overall. Um, But, you know, I know you guys have had Corey Priman on before he had Slavkovsky at one. I'm going to have Logan Cooley at one. That's the kind of debate that we're talking about. So I had Cooley one at the at the midterm. And I'll just to walk you guys through that, as as I will the readers when my rankings come out on Friday. um, The biggest thing is all of the reasons that I had Logan Cooley number one at the midterm didn't materially change over the course of the second half of the season he's still the most dynamic player in the draft he's still the most uh you know skilled one of the fastest probably one of the top two or three fastest players in this draft incredibly competitive does not get enough credit for how good of a defensive forward he is at least in the in the public realm i know teams feel very strongly about his ability to play a two-way style the only difference between him and Shane Wright at this point is, I think, a, a you know a matter of inches in size, and I think you know Wright is the physically stronger player at this point, but Cooley is by far the more explosive player. And so when I'm picking first overall, I want to see a guy that's going to be a star. I think Shane Wright, while I don't f- feel like he is going to be a superstar talent, he is going to be a star for whatever team he plays for, a fan favorite, a guy that is a significant impact player on his team. I think Logan Cooley could be a superstar if everything goes right. Um, and that's a big risk. You're taking a risk on ceiling with those players. And that's why, you know, for me, of the players in this draft, Shane Wright does not have the most upside. I think he's. I don't think he's going to get a ton better than where he is right now um, because we haven't seen that progression that we've seen in other players. I will say there are, you know, none of these picks are without risk. But I would say if you're talking Cooley, Slavkovsky, right, it is very tight for me personally between, you know, among those three players. You could pick any one of them at number one, and I will not criticize you for doing so. I think they all make sense. My personal preference is Logan Cooley is the best player in this draft. But if I'm Kent Hughes and I'm the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens and I have to make this pick in front of my home crowd and I go, you know, and, and I make this risky pick. That if it doesn't work out, I mean, maybe I won't be a GM for very long, you know. How so that's American too? an American or or a Slovakian for that matter. Yeah. Um, when especially when they've wanted centers for so long, and it's like, well, you know, you guys have had centers. Philip Deneau is a pretty good center, and he's not there anymore. You know, what I mean, like they've had pretty decent centers. Obviously, a lot of people gun shy still, because yes, Barry Cook and they drafted him because he was a center. He's not going to be a center in the NHL. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. Um you know, and and obviously he's not going to be played for the Montreal Canadiens anymore cuz he's already gone. Well, but let's... yeah, so that's just kind of where it's 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 such a crazy thing to do, but when you're picking number 1, the pressure is so high to go with the people the one that people expect you to pick.
2: Let's stick with Cooley for a little bit longer because I I think you read that he had a terrific combine as well, mm-hmm. tested well in a number of areas. So let's talk about that and how that might Uh, impact thinking on him but I also want the counter we talked about his height he's five feet 10.5 how much of a concern is that as a number one center in the NHL Uh, well I would hope that we take lessons from Braden Point uh, because I think that Braden Point is probably one
1: of the most direct comparable players to Logan Cooley Point maybe was a bit more productive in his draft season overall in the WHL it's a little bit of a different situation Um, but you know I'd say that I have never once looked at Logan Cooley at any point in this draft and said he's too small to play center, um, because he is so competitive and so quick and so, and and thinks the game at such a fast pace that that's the kind of guy that I, I can see driving a top line if need be. Um, he's not a surefire number one center. I think, you know, but I, I, I have no doubt in my mind he'll be no, but no worse than a number two center in the league. Um, and that's all on him to just continue to progress at the rate that he's progressed so far and and stay on that development arc and really push himself in college. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if it, if his numbers you know weren't earth shattering next season in his first year of college hockey. But I watched him play against college teams this year and he was consistently the best forward on the ice, regardless of who he was playing against. And that included a lot of guys that were much older and some guys that were drafted in the first round. Um, you know, every time I saw him go against the colleges, I thought he really raised his game. So, um, I, I, I just, I have very little concern about his ability to play center. Um, and, and he's a guy that, you know, obviously I've been very high on for a long time, but, um, I still feel like, you know, of the, of the three guys that we're talking about at number one, that star potential exists with him in such a way that I just don't see it as much. Uh, I see it a little more with Slavkovsky too, than right. So I mean that's what we're kind of talking about. But in the end, uh, you know, I just think Logan Cooley has every tool that you could possibly want. Aside from being six foot one, I mean, really. And if that's the only thing that's holding him back, that's not a good enough reason to not take him.
0: Have you heard anything you know coming out from teams? Whether there's any rumblings about people potentially wanting to move up in the draft, and obviously. You know the coyotes are an example of a team that they have so many picks in that you know end of first round beginning of second round like have you heard anything like that of of teams wanting to move?
1: I, I think I think there's there's definitely a number of teams that if given the right package would would want to move up. Um and I think it's you know the value on this year's draft is is all over the maps. You know, so I do think that there are some teams that would be very reluctant to trade them away. But you know you think we've heard through the media, mostly that number two is in play for New Jersey and number, uh, the, the, the senators pick in the top 10 also potentially in play. And so if those are two, that they'll those are two prime locations to get a, a massive impact prospect, if you get that number two pick, and if I'm, New Jersey. I want to make sure that whatever package is coming my way, it's got to either be a roster player or it's got to be something that keeps me in the top ten of the draft. You know, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to move too far out of that because I still think they need to continue to grow their prospect pool, which they've done a fantastic job of over these last couple of years. Um, but yeah, so so I would say that those are two of the picks where you say, "Oh, there, there's there's potential there." Um, you know, I think if you are the Coyotes, obviously, this is not a pick you move. Um, you know, unless, unless somebody comes at you with a young roster player or a young prospect that's, that's kind of proven a little bit. Um, and then you have to make that decision based on who the first two picks are. I don't think you'd want to make that trade until you already know what's available to you. So, um, so yeah, but I, I think there are going to be some teams that are aggressive. I think there are going to be roster players in play, for teams to get into the, the 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 upper ranges of this draft. But if you're looking to get it just simply get into the first round, I don't think there's enough value later in the first round to just, you know, compile co- compile too many assets to try to get there. Um I think if you're going to go, you got to go in that top 15 range uh to get somebody that's going to make a massive impact.
2: Sticking with that thought, Chris. Um scouts like to separate drafts into groups there's an elite group there's that second group i don't know how how deep each of those goes and then when does it fall off to the point where it's just like a crapshoot depending on various teams evaluations which can can vary widely
1: yeah i think i think the, the crapshoot phase begins somewhere in the 20 to 22 range of this draft and it goes all the way you know, I don't see a ton of separation between the guys that'll go 22 and the guys that'll go 62. Like, I mean, it's, it's, there is separation and it just kind of all depends on guys that I'm particularly fond of that, you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of them available in the third and fourth round, even just because this draft is all over the map. But, um, you know, I think we talked a lot about those top three guys. I think they are in a class all their own. Um, I think they're very tightly bunched together as the top three. The next one comes in and, and it's about, you know, maybe that, that, that four to 16, really probably closer four to like 12 in that range where you say, okay, well that's my next tier of players where I feel like I'm going to still get an impact prospect. I'm going to get a guy that I think will be one of the top prospects in my, in my current prospect pool. Um, And it'll be a player that, you know, has, you know, pretty significant NHL upside in general. And then after that, um, really that next range, I think, you know, you're kind of looking in that 16 to 22 range We say, OK, there's 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 a lot. If we get one of those guys in that range, that's another group where we're, we've got an NHL prospect. And then after that, you're saying, OK, well, we're, we're looking for, you know, are we going to find a star in that range? Are we going to find a depth player in that range? You know, it's all coming down to preference. You've also got this year's draft is so wacky because there are teams with multiple first round picks, including the Coyotes, including uh, a number of other teams that that will you know, that can change the entire dynamic of a first round. Um, so it's always interesting to see when that happens, because um, as you build your boards, you know, you, you're, you're trying to predict where all of that is going to be. Um, and and that's one of the toughest jobs that scouts have is not only predicting what these players are going to look like, but when they're going to be available, um, which is which is you know how boards end up getting made often.
0: Um, I want to get to this comment from AJ and Chris. AJ is one of the hosts on DNVR Avalanche, so the uh, Colorado Avalanche version of our show, um, and it kind of rolls into another question we have so his question was what is the strength of the draft in the area of the arizona's too late first which you kind of just touched on but with the picks that the coyotes do have and where they will have it with the third pick the 27th and then either 31 or 32 so we'll focus on 27 and 31 and 32 what can the coyotes accomplish in that area do you think um and you know what do you think they'll be targeting in that area
1: yeah you know i think it's 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 tough to say, you know, in those late stages, what they're targeting is just basically I think it'll have to be the best player that's available on their board as opposed to going for positional need or anything like that. I think especially in this in the phase that the coyotes are in right now, it's all about asset building. And it's it's it doesn't matter what positions they play, it doesn't matter um, you know, what where they're at. You have to get the best value you can. And there's gonna be value in those ranges. And I think, you know, one of the the great things that the coyotes have right now and i've i've said it many times on here is you know the scouting um the scouting investment that has been made by the coyotes is that will pay off in those late first round picks um because that is where you know they're going to you know they can't screw up number 3 you're going to pick you could pick any player it's not i just don't think you're going to screw up number 3 um and so you get that that's fine okay most teams can make that pick. Not everybody will have the the success at three, but that's that's a great spot to be this year. Those late ones, it can go any which way. And so you really have to have a very strong feeling about your board. You have to stick to that board no matter what. And I think you also have to consider listening to other options and, or can you package those picks and move up enough to get a guy that you really love. Cause say there, there could be a guy that's five, six on, on the coyotes list that might still be there when they're picking later in the game, later in the, um, in the first round, you never know. It's just, it, you don't know. And especially this year, I don't think, you know, uh, but that, you know, they have to continue to compile elite prospects as much as they possibly can um, as they continue kind of rebuilding um, or building again. And it's going to take time, but you know, that patience is going to pay off eventually. Um, and I think that by having, you know, Ryan Jankowski, Daryl Plandowski at the top of the pyramid of the scouting chart, you know, those are guys that have often picked late in first rounds. They've had to pick those late guys and they found value in, in those, in those players. So, um, you know, we could talk about 60 different players that could be options for them at that range. Um, that's, but for them, I'm sure that they haven't really honed into, you know, three, four guys that, they, they hope are there and that they'll they'll jump at when they get to the get to the podium
2: let's talk position groups a little bit uh, we know a couple of the names of the top defensemen in this draft do any defensemen in this draft again this is a premium position we're talking about and you're you're always looking for a guy there do any of the defensemen in this draft have star potential or is it more like these guys will probably play in your top four if, if things pan out
1: yeah it's it's i think there could be some real stars in there. I think if you if you find, I, I don't necessarily know one way or the other. I, I think check and Nemec are both on the cusp of star potential. I think they're top four guys um, all day. I think they've got great upside. Um, you can flip. You can ask a lot of different people, and they will flip flop those two defensemen all the time. But they're very consistently the top two defensemen. However, I think in that next tier of defensemen that's available, there's a lot of intrigue and excitement, especially um, if you like offensive defensemen. You look at that next tier of defensemen. You've got Denton Matechuk, You've got Kevin Korczynski, Pavel Mintukov, um, a guy that is undersized, but I love him to death. Lane Hudson. He's one of my favorites in this in this class. I think he's got you know he's he's been dogged for his size and he he would be if he made it to the NHL at the size he is right now he'd be the smallest defenseman in the NHL. So it, it it's a huge leap but that's a guy where I think he could be one of the stars from this class if if he continues to grow and if he continues plays as dynamic as he is because he makes plays that none of the other defensemen in this draft can make. Um and I've been watching him real closely for the last 2 years and I am blown away by his dynamic capability. So that's another guy where late in that first round, maybe you could go, go after a guy like that. If you're the coyotes and say, wow, we got a star uh, because everybody else was, was, was hung up on size. Um, But again, there's still risk in, in lane Hudson, just because I I like him doesn't mean he's going to turn out to be a star, but you know, just to, to, to quickly summarize, I mean, I think that there are guys that, that could really jump up over time. Um, I don't see in this class, you know, I don't see a Kael McCarr, or a, you know, Adam Fox, so we're talking about, you know, pie in the sky kind of uh, scenarios. But you know, is there is there a guy like a Bowen? You know, could Simon Nemitz be like a Bowen Byram? Is you know, the, and that's that's a really good you know young player, a Jamie Drysdale type guys that will be in your top four. They might not be superstars by definition, but they're
2: they're major impact players for your franchise for years to come. Okay, and then let's let's just shift to goalies before we start. Asking you for your breakdown on some players. What's your sense of the goalies in the draft? Again, we we, we just talked about this. The development path can be so long for a goalie. We we've, we've seen the recent trend of not taking goalies high unless you're absolutely sure. Is it is there any consensus at all on what this looks like for goaltenders, or is it just too damn hard to evaluate?
1: Um, I think this year is probably the weakest goalie crop since I've been doing this. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Tyler, Tyler Brennan um, has great upside. A lot of talent. You know, the numbers don't look amazing, but he, there is a lot there. I think he could go as early as the second round. I mean, there's not going to be a first rounder this year unless there's a team that really believes in any of those guys. And if they did, I'm sure I'll destroy them um, on draft day uh, just because I just don't see it. Um, and, you know, I mentioned Lainanen. He's the top European. You know, I think one of the best goalies in this draft is is Hugo Havlid who's five foot 10 most teams are not going to pick him um there he's, he's not going to be on a board for for a vast majority of the teams because he's not six foot two but i think based on talent and based on everything i've seen from him you know i think he's probably one of the best in the class um but i don't begrudge teams for for not picking a five foot ten goalie because that for there aren't many you say sorrow Saros is out there and, and I don't know that he's necessarily I loved UC Saros as a as a as a player, I, and I think he was much better than Havilid at the same age. So it's just kind of comes down to that preference. But I think, you know, I think teams are going to probably we, we could see a run on goalies in like the third or fourth round. I don't anticipate more than one or two going in the top three rounds of this draft.
0: Okay, we're going to now run some names by you, and this list is courtesy of Steve Peters. Um, and literally just like a 30-second to one minute, your thoughts on each of these players. And I'm going to let Craig read the first name because I just oh, know I'm going to get it you. wrong.
2: Yeah, good. <laughs> Jonathan L- Lekarimaki?
1: Yeah, Lekarimaki, Um one of the better scorers in this draft. Uh, really good hands offensively gifted, um, scored seven goals in the SHL this season, which, you know, he played split between the U 20 and the, and the, and the pro side led the under 18 world championship and scoring with 15 points. Um, a guy that I think is, is looking more and more like a top 10 pick top 12, probably. I, I, I couldn't see him going much further than that. Um, but one of the best goal scorers in this draft for sure.
0: All right. Next on the list, we have Brad Lambert.
1: Uh, polarizing prospect only because we see every, all the tools are there. One of the best skaters in the draft, excellent hands um, did not produce very much this year. He's on his third team in three years. He has not progressed at all over these last couple of years. In fact, I think he's gone backwards in some ways. Um, you know, leads me to questions about his overall hockey sense and just some of the, the, the competitiveness. I, I think that his his lack of consistency is incredibly concerning, but when you look at, if you just were to watch, video of brand lambert you would think he is the best player in this draft based Hmm. on that toolkit uh but when you really dig in and you look further it just hasn't been there this year and i have him pretty low on my board relative to where i think he'll actually go in the draft
0: okay um next up we have is it frank nazar or nazar
1: nazar us Mm
0: -hmm. okay frank nazar the center
1: yeah, w- uh, very quick, shifty. Um I think he's got star potential. Um he's not the biggest guy, so that's really one of the the the, the drawbacks, but he was a top 2 center for the a- a- NTDP this year. Really good release on his shot, he gets into the inside well, highly competitive. Um one of the most, you know, exciting players in this draft. He probably averaged a breakaway or two breakaways per game this year. Um he's he certainly had one in every game I watched him. Every game. One breakaway wow. at least. Um, you know, in the games that I watch live and then also, you know, on video, you're like, why does this keep happening? Uh,
2: it's because he's sneaky and fast. <laughs> How about Isaac Howard? Let's let's switch to him.
1: Yeah. One of my favorites overall, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the smaller forwards that will be taken in the first round. But he is also probably one of the most dynamic skill wise. His hands are incredible. Um, he's got great creativity. He makes a lot of plays under pressure um competes well enough i think you know he he's the the size is is definitely a drawback it seems to affect him more than it affects you know like a guy like Nazar who's able to to have that shiftiness good enough skater not a you know not elite but certainly a good enough skater and a guy that i you know really enjoy watching he was the leading scorer for the under 18 team this year um in total points and one of the top 10 all time at the NTDP in career scoring so that's a uh, a pretty pretty impressive uh, resume
2: for him all right, let's do the two defensemen we just talked about back to back. David Juracek, and and then Simone Nimich.
1: Yeah, yeah, Juracek is highly mobile, six foot three, right shot defenseman. Brilliant shot, really moves pucks well. I think he's the better defender of the two. Um, physically strong. Missed half the season because of uh, a knee injury at the World Juniors right before it got canceled. Uh, missed three months, but came back and was able to make checks senior team and you know help them. Win a bronze medal. He didn't play down the stretch because they got NHL reinforcements. Great player, uh, Simon Nemec, probably the best puck-moving defenseman of all of them. He's he, he had big-time points. Great postseason for Nitra in the Slovakia League. Um, they uh, they they made it all the way to the to the final. He was a big part of that. Um, Average nearly a point per game in the playoffs. You know he's he's not as big as Juracek, but he's he's got some good shiftiness. His skating is a, of a similar quality. Um, very cerebral in how he moves the puck. I think that defensively, he's going to continue to need work, uh, but definitely a good offensive toolkit.
0: This draft has some great names, and one of them is Rutger McGrordy. Is that yeah. how you say it? Yep, you That's got a it. great name. <laughs> what are your thoughts on him?
1: Um, just a high character, high effort gritty individual who ends up having really good hands for a player that you know he's he's not a towering forward but he's a guy that's it's he comes in at about six foot six foot one and he just feels like he's bigger a lot of his goals come from near the net a lot you know he's he's a guy that i think you can win with the big drawback for him is the skating is not strong um it's not you know he he has powerful skating but it's not he's not very fast and so he's gonna need to improve that to make a significant impact. But he also he can score from distance and he can score from in tight. And he has a great work ethic. He was the, the captain of the U.S. team um, at the World Under 18s this year. I think, uh, you know, definitely a guy I've got very high expectations for.
2: How about Nathan Gaucher? Uh,
1: he's interesting because he, you know, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be available at the the tail end of that first round there. Um, he's, he's hey. de- a decent skater. I don't think it's, uh, it's not a, necessarily the biggest strength. He's physically strong. He's big. He's, he, he's, he's hard to play against. Um, you know, he's got goal scoring ability. I, I, I worry that his hands are, are not there to, for him to, you know, be anything more than a, you know, depth center at the next level, but he's got, a lot of physical tools and just a really good brain for the game, I think. And and I like his effort level as well. Um, So he's, he's an interesting overall player um, and a guy that very well could be there for the coyotes late in the draft, late in the first round.
0: Okay. And last but not least on our list for today is Jack Hughes, not to be confused (laughs) with Jack Hughes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Jack, Jack Hughes, uh, 2.0 played at Northeastern. His dad is now the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. (laughs) and, And I give him, Tweet of the night from the draft lottery because, uh, Kent Hughes said that he would not be taking his son first overall <laughs> and his, and Jack tweeted big mistake. Um, love that from him. Um, you know, he's I, I'll, I'll just take a little extra second to explain about him because coming into the seat or into last season, he was viewed as maybe the best in 2003 born player uh, among Americans had so much skill, big numbers in a 17 year. He gets hurt. He misses a ton of the season came back and was not at all effective at the under 18 world championship. USA gets bounced in the quarterfinals and it really reset the whole thing. Then he goes to Northeastern this year. doesn't necessarily produce at a level that you'd expect from a guy that's going to go in the first round. I think he'll probably slip into the second. I think he's probably going to be a, a higher second round pick because he's such a crafty skilled player, not very big, not very strong, but that will continue to, to, to progress for him um, as he kind of gets going and, I think he'll have a big season this year at Northeastern, which will make whoever drafts him feel a lot better about it because I do think there's quite a bit of skill and hockey sense there from him.
2: Would that be a hard thing for the Canadians to do? I can't even remember if the Canadians have a second round pick, uh, but if they do like high in the second round, would that be a hard thing to do? We saw the the Coyotes select Josh Doan, obviously.
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's certainly not, I think at at least in the second round, if you're picking him in the second round, it makes sense. It's not like it's like so off the board. Um, and you know, I mean, Kent Hughes does still have to go home and, and see his, look his son in the eye at some point. Right. You know, and, and I think that Jack Hughes, if he, you know, if he's available to them, um, you know, and he's the best player left, then, then you take him And it really isn't, it wouldn't be the dumbest decision because I think there's a lot of upside there from him. Um, but yeah, that would be that uh, be an uncomfortable conversation uh, to to have. But there have been plenty of instances over the years where uh, a GM didn't draft uh, his son, or did you know it got dra- He got drafted before they could take him. Uh, but we've seen that a little bit more in these last few
2: years, where uh, there's been some familial ties uh, to, to players. All right, the last thing we have to ask you before we let you go, and, of course, we're going to put you on the spot here. You've already answered this question once for us, but I'm just curious if your thinking has changed at all. When number three rolls around, which name are the Arizona Coyotes going to call? Um, one of Wright,
1: Slavkovsky, or <laughs> Cooley. I mean, you know, um, I think, you know, I, in all likelihood, Logan Cooley is going to be there at three. Um and if he is, run don't walk.
2: Okay, so and nobody else jumps into that top three in your opinion. Not I
1: mean there is certainly a chance that that the defensemen are in there. I just I could not in in a million years pass up the potential of those forwards for either one of the defensemen. Um, and it's possible. The other thing I should say, Cutter Gauthier, absolutely in that mix. He's got some of the best upside in this draft. He is. You know, if he's gonna be a center long term, that's a big, a big body at center. He's one of the most sure handed players in this draft. Um, I there is a case for him. Uh, I wouldn't pick him over Logan Cooley. I've watched them both side by side for too long to know to to feel any differently, but I can totally understand why Cutter Goche has really risen up the charts, and I would be shocked if he's lasts any longer than sixth overall in this draft. And if you would have asked me that like three months ago, I've said no way um, that he'd probably be you know top 10. But now, having watched him over the course of the season and seeing his progression, I, I would not begrudge a team that takes him a little bit higher. But for me, if Cooley is there at third, it is the easiest decision that you can make. You'd go up there, you get him. And now you've got a guy that that could be a superstar player for you down the line.
0: Well, you have certainly give Coyotes fans a lot to be excited about no matter what happens in the draft, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us once again, for taking time during what I can imagine is a busy time of year for you. So we appreciate it so much.
1: Hey, my pleasure. This is always fun. You guys do a great job and uh, always happy to talk to the Yotes fans for sure. Thank
0: thanks, you Chris. so much, Chris. We'll see you
2: next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll be back. <laughs> right. Thank and you, thanks, Chris. Uh, you going to be in Montreal, by the way? Maybe okay wow all right yeah it's not it's not
1: not a a sure thing yet
2: so we'll see okay (laughs) all right but thanks as always really appreciate it thanks guys
0: thank you so much to chris peters nhl draft and prospects analyst you can follow him on twitter at chris m peters a lot of great insight and you know like all the draft experts that we've talked to on our show you know he's out there watching the players so that's what makes his insight so valuable so thank you to Chris for joining us once again yeah the other Peters
2: yeah and the other Peters by the way was here chirping me for not putting on my
0: I glasses was, but the Craig the best part was when he did it I saw you reading the comment and you were squinting at the comment and I was <laughs> trying not to lose it, it was yeah, so but I
2: have I have the show run all of our show notes are in like huge type, so I could read them without my glasses <laughs> But you know perfect chirping me, I, I can ignore those things
0: Perfect. Well, Craig, I think today is the first time in months that there hasn't been NHL hockey on TV, um, which is unfortunate, but fortunate, I guess, for the Colorado Avalanche. The Tampa Ranger series is tied at two, but the NBA playoffs are going on as well. Um, So, you know, even though there's a day without hockey, you can still bet on basketball or literally anything else on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's a great time to download with all the sports going on. Baseball, of course, is happening a thousand times a day. It feels like at all times of day. I've always been fascinated by that. So be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX. Make any $5 bet during the NBA finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And something you couldn't bet on, but if you could have, it would have been electric, is yesterday the PHNX crew was out at the Ice Den in Scottsdale for a game of Broomball.
2: Hmm.
0: Have you ever played Broomball, Craig?
2: I have played Broomball, and I find it interesting, and I know Petey's on this chat right now, for some reason not live with us, but he's on the chat. Um, I find it interesting that when the game of Broomball was held up at the Ice Den, where Petey and I have spent a lot of time, they did it when the two former hockey players were out of town. Just saying. Just saying. Might have had a different I, result. Might have had a different result in spite of our age.
0: I will say, I wish you both were there. I would have, lo- there was, we did our staff meeting in the, the like video room and there was a whiteboard. And I was like, if PD was here, he could draw plays. It would have been amazing to, for you to be there. But we did get to be there. It was a great time. And I will say, I was the first overall pick in the entire PHNX draft. Because I'm Canadian um, wow. and love hockey. And I was on a team, I was on Team Espo, and Sean, producer Sean, was the first star of the game. We defeated Team Saul four to three in a buzzer beater in overtime, which was just the next goal wins. Sean, why don't you hop in and tell the people about your performance in Broomball yesterday?
3: Yeah, I was. Uh, I don't I don't know if, if the former hockey players would have made much of a difference. Say oh, I I, uh, I was is. born for this, you could say. Hey, no, I have a little bit of broomball experience, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I um, like I said, I had a little bit of broomball experience before. So that definitely carried me to my first one star performance. Um, but I was the third overall pick. So. A little bit more excitement for Coyotes fans. Sometimes yes. the third overall pick is the best overall pick.
0: And what did you have? Two goals and one two assist? Goals or two goals and an assist?
3: assist. I had two goals and an assist, including the game winning goal. Um, so, you know, I just, like I said, sometimes the third overall pick is the best one.
0: I love it. I love tying, that you just tied that in. We didn't even mean to do that.
2: <laughs> were, were there any fights?
0: No, but Saul did check Emma into the boards at one point. So that was yeah. a little he, he, he
3: put an elbow into my back at one point too. But um
0: <laughs> I gotta say, I'm hurting today. <laughs> like I have so much more respect for <laughs> hockey players now. I'm hurting. It was a blast. Um thank you to the ice den. And also it's just such a great activity to get inside in the cool air when it's 105 out and it's only gonna get hotter. Um so I would Everybody, if you're listening and you live in the greater Phoenix area, check out the Ice Den. Um, Two-hour summer public skate sessions are only $10 per skater. So just visit icedenchandler.com slash public skating to get some more information on that. A great activity when you're bored in your house looking to get moving but not be sweating in 110 degrees.
2: Um, So, And, of course, the Ice Den is going to be the practice facility of the Coyotes again, as it should have been all along. It was a state-of-the-art, maybe the best practice facility when it opened. The Coyotes are going back where they should be, uh, and they'll be practicing at, at the ice stand. It's a great facility. It really is. Uh, in my opinion, it, it's the best of the lot in the Valley.
0: Absolutely. It was a great time. So, everyone, check it out this summer. Any final notes from anyone? We'll just let Sean close out with us. Any final notes? Did you want to say anything about the game last night, Craig?
2: Uh, well I, I just I'm I'm kind of glad that this series is going a little longer. I was wondering with that long layoff if Tampa needed a little time to get its sea legs and it feels like that. I wonder as this series goes along if the Rangers are just going to start feeling their fatigue more and more. They just haven't had much rest. Tampa has had plenty of it. Tampa has the experience, but the Rangers have been really good at MSG. So we'll we'll see how this plays out. Game 5 to me is a, is a huge game in this series. We'll see how it plays out. Very true. One other thing though, and I should prime you guys for this. You know, the reason I am... I've had a lot of people ask me if I'm going to reprise No Canada now that the Edmonton Oilers have been eliminated from the playoffs and a Canadian team will not win the Cup for a 29th straight season. You know what we need? We need background music. We need the instrumental version of O Canada. So I'll, I'll get Sean on that. And at some point soon, you'll get a new version of No Canada.
0: All right. You heard it here first, everyone. That will be coming soon just like pd's dance will be coming eventually and i will be eating maple syrup eventually as well um i promise you we have not forgotten um thank you to the members only discord for always holding me accountable speaking of the members only discord if you want to join members only discord you can do so by becoming a member of phnx at gophnx.com becoming a member gets you access to all of the amazing written and video content at gophnx.com you get weekly deals on merchandise and access to that members only discord so become a member starting tomorrow we're going to have exclusive video content dropping on gophnx.com talking to former coyote first round draft picks and we will reveal who will be tomorrow either later today or tomorrow. I haven't decided yet, but just get excited. Um, A lot of exciting announcements coming this week, so you'll want to keep tabs on PHNX Sports on Twitter and Instagram. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming, including Craig has a fun story coming out for the guide to Tempe and Scottsdale for visiting beat writers and visitors, right, Craig? Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah, fans, visitors, sure, all of them. We'll look at restaurants, bars. uh, hmm, Bars, that's an interesting topic. Something else that might be coming out soon. Anyway, I won't say anything more than that. Uh, We'll let you all go, but we'll be back at this with uh, an audio pod on Thursday.
0: Yep, audio episode tomorrow. So be sure to like, subscribe, and follow and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back live on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, 11 a.m. on Friday. And uh, follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes As always, thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you again to Chris Peters. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everyone.